Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Bike Walk Wichita monthly podcast. I'm Kim Newfeld, Executive Director, and today I'm recording with Bike Walk Wichita's Communication Director, April. Hello, everyone. I'm excited to join you today for this special episode. As November is the season to give thanks, we are super excited to share an inspiring interview with a newer BWW friend and local teacher who is working to get his students writing. We have upcoming events that you'll want to get on your calendar, and we'll shine the spotlight on this month's awesome volunteer and local business sponsor. So thanks for tuning in and joining us as we talk all things Bike Walk. We have had an amazing fall season so far. It has been so great to be outdoors, connecting with more people again. You know, we had a blast at Open Streets ICT, um, connecting with new and longtime friends. So I know April, it was your first uh, Open Streets. Yeah, it was my first Open Streets with Bike Walk Wichita. Um, I have been there and enjoyed it in years past, just as a spectator. But it was really great. Um, this year was a great day, and we were definitely looking forward to 2022. Um, this year's event was a scaled back version of years past, but Wichita really loves to come out for this event, and we love seeing the bike smiles and people out riding, walking, and enjoying our beautiful downtown. ICT Open Streets is what Bike Walk Wichita is all about, and we'd like to see more of it for sure. Absolutely. We also had a great time uh, last month with our friends up on the North End. Yes, the Two Will and No More um, Custom Bike and Car Show last Saturday um, was an amazing event in the heart of the North End at Historic No More Theater. The newly painted mural on the blacktop of the parking lot was the perfect spot for this event. And we were lucky to be the first ones to use this beautiful space. We would like to thank our promoter, George Cordova and Latina Dreams Car Club for putting together a great event and bringing out the custom cars and bikes. We witnessed some beautiful creations of cars and bikes um, out on Saturday. Every car and bike there was a work of art and we made a ton of great connections and are already thinking about how to make the next one bigger and better. Yes, um, for sure. So, I mean, it was really a great community event with great uh, community partners. And we just have to say thank you to all the local businesses who provided prizes and joined in the event, including Niza Tires, AutoZone, O'Reilly's, Kiko's Tacos and Burritos for coming out and serving up their delicious uh, food for lunch, our friends at Friends University, and our co-host Empower and Salute BNS Star. We really look forward to future events in Evergreen throughout this year and hope that you guys will come out and check them out. Um, we have a lot of things in the works for 2022, so make sure you pay attention to our calendar. And Evergreen has its own event page on our website where you can find out all of the events that we have happening in this beautiful neighborhood. Yes, it was definitely a great time with a lot of new friends. So, and if you haven't checked out that mural, definitely it's worth a trip to swing by. And you'll also be excited because the brand new bike lanes have been striped in on Broadway. So from 13th to 21st Street, uh, the road diet has occurred and uh, you might wanna check those out. 
And of course, we had a blast at Starlight Drive-In for our annual Wheels to Reels event. Yes, we had a great night at Starlight Drive-In. The weather was perfect and everyone enjoyed the event and our documentary um, film by Film by Bike. Our sponsors helped make it special, including Alex and Sean from Lucky's Everyday Lazy Social Cycling Club. Um, they brought out the sag wagon and their awesome merch. Um, we had drinks served by our new sponsor, A Better Bar Service, and in Spirit Kombucha. And then Tacos Locale and Travi's Food Co. came out and served dinner. And overall, it was a really great event. We look forward to doing it again. Absolutely. It was such a great time. Uh, so thank you to everyone who joined us and to all of our new members plus that uh, joined us that evening. So we do have several fun events, of course, coming up this month. So definitely make sure to check out our online calendar and Facebook page. Those links are just right below in the show notes. And of course, I cannot wait for our annual Christmas lights walk, which is December 11th and our Christmas lights ride December 12th. Uh, this year, we will be gathering in the Lincoln Village parking lot at Douglas and Oliver. So pretty close to where we've been in the past, but uh, just moved over to the West one block. And so definitely get those on your calendar. And, you know, we plan to go big this year it's, since it'll be so fun to see everybody. So you'll definitely want to uh, get some uh, nice decorations going. Yes, I can't wait to decorate my bike with lights for the ride and put on my ugliest sweater and Santa hat. I love Christmas. I decorate my house. I've never decorated my bike for Christmas, so this will be the first year, and I cannot wait to bring it. Also, um, we want everyone that comes out to join us um, to get festive with it, get creative, um, wear your bling-bling flashing lights, and join us. Both events are going to be excellent. I can't wait to do the walk and the ride, and we're going to make it very festive for our guests. Yes, and uh, if you are planning, you know, to volunteer, we really, we really want to bring the fun. So uh, we will definitely be putting those volunteer opportunities right on our website. Yes, we are planning to make this event extra fun this year, and I'm looking for volunteers who want to go all out and help bring the party. So if you would like to be on our planning committee for this event or other events, please message me at april at bikewalkwichita.org. Um, I'd love to hear your ideas, and BikeWalk is always looking for volunteers who want to help join um, on our planning committees and help make these events the best they can be. Before we jump into the next segment, we want to take a moment to thank our amazing local business sponsors for 2021. As our city opens back up, please shop local and support these businesses who make our city safer for you. And while you're there, make sure you say thank you. REI at K96 in Greenwich carries high quality adventure gear, clothing, bikes, lightweight camping equipment, and food to support your next hike or bike trip. Cargill's soybean and biodiesel plant located on 13th Street is producing renewable and clean burning fuel from waste, vegetable oils, fats, and restaurant grease for use in vehicles. Truck Stuff helps elevate our adventures by installing hitches, 
bike racks, and anything you need to haul your bike and adventure gear. Bicycle Peddler and Bicycle Exchange not only provide you with a large selection of bikes and gear, but have been advocating for bike lanes, trails, and safety improvements for decades. So make sure you drop in to check out their selection. Kansas Department of Transportation provides us an annual grant to purchase lights for all of our bikes that roll out of recycle and to support our Operation Firefly events, which are coming up here in early November. W, formerly known as the Young Professional of Wichita, has provided a grant to increase outreach and Lucky's Everyday Lazy Social Cycling Club. Check out their awesome merch and check out Lucky's Everyday Bar, which is conveniently located on Douglas, just around the corner from Bike Walk Wichita headquarters. I do love their outdoor patio. Visionary Print can help you with your podcasts, videos, and promotional materials. So definitely check them out. And they are also out there on the roofs with ICT lights, making all of your holidays more fun and taking uh, all the work out of that uh, home decoration. A Better Bar Service is a woman-owned local business bringing the party to your event. Give them a call if you need service at your holiday parties. And Spirit Kombucha is a local kombucha brewery located in the north side of Wichita. You can find their products in many retail stores throughout Wichita. This month, we would like to shine the spotlight on one of our newest sponsors, A Better Bar Service. If you're planning a wedding or an intimate party with friends, give A Better Bar Service a call. Find them on Facebook or online. Hey, this is April with Bike Walk Wichita. And for this segment of the podcast, we have Lyndon Moore, a local teacher and bike enthusiast. Thank you for joining us today, Lyndon. Hey, thanks for having me. So, Lyndon, why don't you go ahead and tell our audience a little bit about yourself? Okay, uh, my name's um, Lyndon Moore. I'm a teacher here in uh, Wichita, Kansas. I grew up here. I've lived here my whole life. I've done a lot of different things. I just, I, I'm almost 40, and I just became a teacher like six years ago. So I've walked a lot of different paths. I was an electrician. Um, I worked in kitchens. I've, uh, I've done a lot. And uh, I finally settled in on this teaching thing, and I love it. It's a great job. What um, is it about teaching that you that you enjoy? I like talking to people, and I feed off the energy of people. And um, I, I like building relationships with people. Um, I might not be the uh, most knowledgeable teacher ever, but um, I like people. So getting around the kids and the families and the, even you know, their parents, I just, it, it gives me energy. I feed off of it. Uh, what teach, what school do you teach at? Um, I teach at an awesome school called Spate Elementary. It's Samuel E. Spate Elementary Science and Communications Magnet. <laughs> awesome little school. Excellent. And what grade do you teach or do you teach all grades? Yeah, I teach K through five. I have one of the best jobs in the world. It's really rare. I get to, and we're a science magnet. So I get to teach science to K through five students. Yeah, we get to uh, build things, make things. Um, do all forms of science. And so building things, you can really look up a lot of information and think about shapes and, you know, strength of different materials. And it's, I don't know, it's just fun for me to do those, those smaller building projects. I've, al I've always been into figuring things out and uh, getting really deep into things. And so, yeah, engineering just kind of lends itself to that. 
So you're naturally an explorer. Yeah, I'm a nerd all the way. Like uh, when I do something, I do it. I like to learn new things and try new things and uh, yeah, new experiences. Tell us a, kind of about your background with uh, biking and your interest um, with that. Growing up, I always had a bike and uh, riding around the neighborhood, you know, that's how I'd meet kids and run away from other kids and um, explore my neighborhood. And it was, you know, in the 90s, uh, 80s, 90s. So we were more free creatures. <laughs> we roamed the streets. That's how I got around and saw things forever. And then I got older and I got really big. I've sat around. Um, this is kind of part of my the whole ex bike riding thing is uh, I lo lost weight riding the bike. And I've always sat around 290, 300 pounds. So buying bikes was always a little bit nerve wracking for me because any research you do, they say at that weight, you'll destroy cheaper bikes and things. So I, I, bikes kind of disappeared, but I always wanted one. I always talked about them uh try to save for one but never quite got there um and never really got a never i wanted a bike for a very long time and i just could never get my hands on one um i never had the discipline or never saved enough and i would talk about them with people um but i just never never got one until a, bit, a year ago i finally got my first bike again uh, since i was a child Wow. I mean, that is really an experience that a lot of people have with bikes. You know, you, they get into them as children and then as they get older into the teen years um, and get into cars, you know, their love of biking kind of uh, gets put to the side. Yes. Um, but we hear from a lot of people that, you know, as an adult, they'll get back into it and then remember why it is they loved bikes um, um, as a story that we hear over and over about how people turned around their health simply yeah. by getting back on a bicycle. Um, did COVID play a role in that? Because um, COVID had a huge part of it because um, when we shut down in March um, a couple of years ago, there wasn't a lot of support for us to help students. Like there wasn't a way for us to really help students. So I spent a lot of time like creating ways to talk to families. And I developed a YouTube pay channel for spate. And um, I just sat <laughs> and worked a lot about this microphone I'm on right now and made informational videos for families to help them access stuff. And I just sat and sat and sat and I found myself at 310 pounds. And for the first time, I found myself with fat ankles and swelling ankles. And I just that just put me over the edge and I had to do something about it. Um, so COVID played a huge role in me getting back on the bike. I started walking at 310 pounds and I got myself down to about 290 from walking and that I actually found a lot of the trails bike trails around town just from walking because I would do 10 mile walks and you know walk from downtown to like Andover on the Red Bud and so I found a lot of those bike paths um, while walking uh, I also had an obsession with the Katy Trail um, because my mom lives in Rhineland Missouri and that's where we go vacation every summer and I always saw the trail and saw people working out on it or walking. And I'm always, I've always been fighting my weight and fluctuating up and down. So there have been periods where like, I want to go run on that trail. I want to go walk that trail. And I never got to it. And I became obsessed with it. And so, yeah, getting the bike, I thought maybe I could use it on the trail and I could work out and I could lose weight. And it all came together. And I ended up, uh, my wife had saved money for me secretly to buy a bike for like the last three years, just a little bit at a time. Um, I'm a teacher, you know, so we don't have a whole lot of uh, extra money. And 
she told me, Hey, I saved this money for you. When she told me how much it was, I was like, that's awesome, but it's not quite enough. And she was shocked at the price of bikes, you know? And, um, so I ended up doing a healthy wage bet. I bet $800 and it paid off $1,350, which paid for my bike. So I did, I lost 50 pounds with that bet. And I got down to a weight where I could actually ride a bike with it, with some equipment on it and not destroy it. Well, yeah, it, COVID played a huge part because I was so out of shape. Those first walks, when I started walking again, I had back pain from just walking like three quarters of a mile around the neighborhood. It was ridiculous. And I've been a person at times who could run, you know, 16 miles um, when, when I was younger. And so not being able to walk three quarters of a mile was just shocking to me. I did not realize sitting around from COVID and we played it really safe in my family. Uh, especially in the beginning, just sitting in the house and not really getting out there um, really put a hurt on me. So yeah, huge part in me getting a bike. It was COVID. What's this healthy wage bet? Yeah, it's, it's a website and you can go on there and I would just play with it and say, oh, if I put this much money in and lost this much weight, how much would they give me back? And you have six months and I think it's one um, person a week or something. I can't remember how they calculate it, how much of your body weight you have to lose, but they give you a goal or you set your own goal and that raises, yeah, that raises the pot, how much you can earn. Excuse me. I set a goal. Um, I can't remember what my, I think it was 40 pounds and I lost 50 or something like that in the bet. But yeah, you can just go online. Anyone can do it. And you decide to lose more weight, bet more, <laughs> but it kept me motivated. Like many times I, I, you know, being a fluctuator, a weight fluctuator, you give up and you start again, you give up, but that kept me on track for six months, six solid months of counting calories and walking and uh, tracking that. And then once I got my bike that, but once I got my bike, I kept counting calories and doing those kind of things. But what you lose your money you if, lose not, it. if you win, like, yeah. And my wife would have murdered me if I lost the money that she'd been saving for three years, which was even more motivating, you know, it helped a lot. And I use diet bet too, to earn little bits of money. That's another website. And you can bet the same weights over and over on that website. I still use it right now. I'm using it. And I just squirrel away that money for the trip. And it was still wasn't quite enough. To... Well, that's awesome. And congratulations. I mean, what a, what an accomplishment to make. So thank you. It feels good. I mean, I, I was probably starting to have some serious health problems getting into your forties. Things change. I was really surprised how out of shape I was. When did you actually earn enough money and purchase your bike? And what kind of bike did you purchase? The, um, that was an, um, I think it was around February, right after the diet bet. As soon as I got that money, I started, I was already looking out there and I was, um, following Ottawa bike and trail. He, he was talking about it before others were. So he kind of made me aware and it was like how to get a bike during the bike shortage. He made a YouTube video. And I called around town to try to find a bike and I wanted something steel and I wanted something made for touring. I was looking for like a 29 or something cause I'm big. Um, but then I found Surly's, uh, and they're all steel and I don't know, they just, it, they, they just seemed to fit me. That's just the kind of bike I wanted. And, uh, then I went to the shop and all they had that really fit me was the bridge club. So, and I went out to Ottawa and I just picked it up and I, yeah, got my bike from Ottawa Bike and Trail. They've been an excellent resource. I asked them about how to get, you know, how to connect the two trails. I've worked with them a little bit on, uh, yeah, they've been a great resource too, Ottawa Bike and Trail. And you got that when in 2020 or this year? That was, yeah, 2020, February of 2021. So 2021. not very long ago. 
Excellent. So Lyndon, you reached out to Bike Walk Wichita last spring to get some bikes uh, for your students. So can you tell us how you became aware of Bike Walk Wichita? I can't even really remember how it got started. It was a group of kids. They played music and they would ride bikes and they were awesome. And uh, they would talk. They had a little shop where they were giving away bikes. And I can't remember on Patty or something, maybe. And then so I kind of was looking for that, but that had already that had gone away. And I stumbled across Bike Walk Wichita. And I sent an email and Jack Murphy got back with me and he was a sub in the district and he'd worked in USD 259 and he knew my school. So he was very excited to help me um, get some bikes for kids because um, I was in charge of an after school program. Um, and so I had these kids and I wanted something for them to do, something exciting and outdoors because we were trying to stay outside as much as possible with COVID. And yeah, Jack got excited and um, started talking to me about it. Then he got busy and then Alan contacted me. And then after um, Alan brought me into the shop and I looked around, um, he was awesome. And then we, I got really busy with the after school program and I finally got back to them and they connected me with Michael. And Michael was like, hey, let's get these bikes out of here. <laughs> let's, let's, let's fix some bikes up and help you get them to your kids. So yeah, I would come in every Saturday and uh, grab a bike and start working on it. And they would let me uh, take it to a kid. Yeah, it was a great deal. And um, the kids still ride them. I have a few kids now who ride to the school and we bought a big chain. So we lock up their bikes for them every morning. There's only a few, but they're doing it. And others report to me that they're riding their bikes and they found the Redbud Trail because it's right there by um, our school. So yeah, Jack Murphy was really, really the man on that. He reached out and Jack Murphy is great and his interest is in working with students and kids. That's probably his favorite part of uh, what we do in Recycle Shop for sure. Yeah. So you connected with the right individual there and I'm glad <laughs> that we were all able to, you know, help you and assist you in that mission. So how many bikes total did you repair and give to students? Probably 10 to 12 at least, maybe a few more. I can't remember. I just know I would go up on a Saturday, work on a bike and bring it to a kid. And Alan even gave me a few in the beginning to size kids with, and we gave those away as well. So maybe even 16 kids, 20 kids got bikes. So it was really cool. It was a, it was an awesome experience. And I learned a lot about working on bikes, which came in handy when I was uh, later on <laughs> on my own riding. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to ask you because a big part of what Bike Walk Wichita does is not only repairs bikes and gives them away to people in need in the community, but we also teach those important bike handling and mic and mechanical skills to individuals. So that way, when a bike breaks or you're on a trail or you're out riding and something happens, which can happen often, yeah. um, that you kind of have an idea of, of how to do it. And so you can be self-sufficient. A big part of why bikes sit in garages we've learned is because um, they simply need to be repaired and people don't know how to repair them. It's crazy. Um, you'd be amazed how many bikes get tossed for that reason. Um, yeah. So a big component of what we do is not only give people bikes, but teach them how to work on them. So I'm so happy for you that uh, you had that experience. And I'm certain that you gained a ton of knowledge through that, that has helped you, you know, a ton. Biking uh, but the, the other volunteers were so great. Like they taught me so much and I learned, uh, yeah. And, and it even developed an interest. I want to start, I want to learn how to do wheel building and all kinds of things now because of bike walk, which tough. So I really appreciate everything they did for the kids and, and me. So, and we went up there and bought bikes for my boys and it's embarrassing. They're older, but they're, um, my wife calls herself indoorsy 
And she passed that on to my children and they really had very little interest in riding bikes. They had scooters and stuff, but yeah, we got them on bikes this summer, got them out riding. So yeah, Bike Walk Wichita has been awesome to us. Um, that is why we are here doing the work that we do in the community. I, I have seen on your social media pages that your wife is now joining in on your biking excursions and experiences. So you got your indoorsy wife out on a bike. I did. It's awesome. Yes. I don't know if she did it just because I was gone so much and she wanted to spend some time with me, which is more sad, but, or if she really is interested, like we're getting older, so we need to start moving. And, uh, yeah, she, she went out, she went, uh, did a little benefit ride. She's done some 20 mile rides now. She is awesome. Yeah. I love riding with my wife and she's really stubborn. She wants to prove to me that you did not need to buy. I did not need to buy a Surly bridge club and she's riding an old next bike we bought um 18 years ago <laughs> just to prove to me that you can do it without she is about a third of my weight though so yeah but yes, uh we certainly don't need the more higher end uh <laughs> bikes to ride however they do you know add some benefit and some features and i would imagine like yeah a person of your size it's not always easy to um find the right bike and that's another thing that we do at Bike Walk Wichita is try to pair when you come into our recycle shop where we also uh, not only give bikes away, but we also sell bikes at about a third of retail. We always try to pair people with the right bike for their size and their interest and, and um, you know, what they're going to be doing on the bike. So that's also something we can help people with. But you do not need a high end bike to get on a bike and go do a ride 20 miles um, or so. No. And Alan is great. Like we went in just to grab some bikes for the boys. Cause I had an idea of the sizes and my, my, my one of my sons is about my size. My other son's about my wife's size. So we were just going to look at him, grab him. And he really was like, you need to bring the boys in and let them try them out. And he's right. But it worked out for the best they fit the boys. And yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So now it's a family affair. It is. Yeah. We, we are all out riding now. We're the boys are still just around the block or two. Uh, and then they're, they're about done. They'll like to, they like to ride up and down the street and, uh, in front of our house, but yeah, we haven't got them on the trails yet. It'll happen. Excellent. So now I kind of want to, uh, pivot here and talk about, um, your recent summer excursion. So this summer you embarked and completed a 362 mile journey from Council Grove, Kansas to Rhineland, Missouri, yes. uh, via the Flint Hills Nature Trail and the Katy Trail. That is quite the journey. You recorded and documented your trip on social media. So tell us about that experience. Well, um, like I said earlier, I had been obsessed with the Katy and doing something with the Katy for a very long, maybe six or seven years. And about three years ago, I saw people riding bikes on it. Um, with bags and stuff and that really sparked my interest so i started watching youtube videos and i started watching like ryan van Duzer and all these guys on youtube um, some local people and it really sparked my and i learned that people ride the trail there are places to camp i found the website bike um bikekatytrail.com which is an amazing resource if you're gonna ride the katie it is the best i can't yeah i just had this obsession and finally it just all came together just with COVID teaching, I had a summer job this year for the first time ever. I've always taken the summers off. And so I had a lot of, I needed to get out and I love being around people. That's my favorite thing, but, um, I needed some time alone and it was just, it just, everything worked out. It helped with my weight loss goals. It helped. I get to finally do something on the Katie. So initially I had planned on getting on the train, riding to Kansas city, riding Kansas city down to pleasant Hill. And then going from there, 
and now they have the rock island spur open in kansas city actually going down almost to pleasant hill so but then um with covid and everything i didn't want the trains to get shut down because i didn't know which direction things were going to go in and so i was like you know why don't i just ride from home i'll ride from wichita to my mom's house and i started researching that and that didn't really seem feasible i wasn't in the best shape yet um, so then I started looking around and I found the trail. I found the um, Flint Hills trail. And my wife said she'd drive me up there and drop me off. And uh, so that seemed to work out. I didn't have to get on a train. I didn't have to load my bike up. I was also worried about tire width because the trains around here have. Uh, yeah, so finally, um, the dream came true. I planned for a year. Um, I lost more weight while riding. I'm, I'm down to about, I lost 70 pounds overall. I trained. I, my longest ride before I left was 66 miles, and it was not fully loaded. I did a couple practice runs. Uh, I rode out to Jayco Farms. That's a local. It's a place. I think it's near Hutchinson. As I did 50 miles, rode out there and camped overnight there. And that's kind of where I got an interest in making the videos. I made a video for my students. Um, I trained a lot. I rode a lot i i rode um every weekend, and then during the summer I was working reduced hours, so I rode. I just rode as much as I could. There was no real, I tried to make a schedule and say this week, I'm going to ride 40 this week and increase 10%, but it just never really worked out. I just rode as much as I could. Um, I learned about nutrition. I just try to do long rides and try to eat while I ride and drink and keep my um, hydration up. And I am a nerd, like I said, so I researched and researched and researched. I was, is every day I was obsessed. It, it became annoying. Like when, when I got done with my ride, my wife thought it was finally over. And then I got home and said, next year and she's like oh great <laughs> because i'm going to talk about it some more now so yeah i i planned i watched like i said so much youtube um and and i just rode i rode around town i went on my practice ride to jaco farms that's really all i did to really prepare i i mapped out some stuff i mapped out the trail i knew where i was going to stay every night even though that did not work out at all um i uh i had every um campground already booked i wasn't i'm i like to go with the flow but this is my first time so i was kind of afraid like to end up somewhere with nowhere to stay you know i did a lot of preparing i i thought about it a lot and i was always looking at maps looking for campgrounds and training it was really i got found the fans of the katie trail on facebook and i was always checking that web or that group and the writers of the katie trail yeah, I was just just always watching what was going on and uh, constantly preparing. I have I have just papers of like tallies of how many meals I'll need, how many how many miles I'll ride each day, where I'm going. It's just a lot of paper and a lot of thinking went into it. So when did you uh, embark on your journey? It started in Council Grove, right? What when did what day did you start? June twenty sixth, Saturday. I, my summer program ended on Thursday the 24th and then um so had friday with the family and then the 26th my wife dropped me off in council grove so tell us about that first day on the trail that's the farthest like how many miles did you go like that, that was a good day that was that was like i had ridden in my training 66 miles but never fully loaded and i this is my longest fully loaded day um at that point it was 54 miles and I went from Council Grove to Pomona State Park. And I learned that you could camp there from Ottawa um, Bike and Trail, watching their videos. He did a little video about staying or riding the trail at one point, and he stayed there. 
So when you go on this excursion and you have to go camping, so you have all of your gear, everything fully loaded on the bike. Yes. I had a tent, um, an inflatable mat, uh, a sleeping bag, a lot, super lightweight. It was summer. Yeah. Food. I had, I had way too much stuff, to be honest. I over-prepared because I would watch all these different people and they say, you got to have a this, you got to have a that. And I would grab that, you know, and then by the time I left, I had a hundred pounds, I mean, an insane amount of stuff. I actually stopped in Sedalia at one point and dropped off 30 pounds of stuff in the mail and just sent it home. Like, I don't need this much chamois butter. I don't need um, a chair. Uh, I had a lot of extra meals because I was had these mountain house meals um, and the dehydrated meals that you just boil water, I had a jet boil, but I found myself really craving real food because when you're burning that many calories, your body just, you know, it wants food and those dehydrated meals just weren't getting it. So I ended up found myself stopping at a lot of places and eating instead of actually um, using those meals. So I shipped a lot of that stuff home. So how was the journey? How many days total did it take you to complete this? Um, I rode for six days and I had intended to ride for seven, but along the way I had all kinds of problems like, uh, flat tires. I ended, I really, you don't see it in the videos and things, but I had five flats. It's still kind of a mystery. I did find a broken spoke. I actually broke two spokes, which you don't see in the video, the video really, I love them, but they don't show like the first two days show most of what happened. And then things got crazy. <laughs> I was really focused on making it at that point, you know, and the video I decided I'm not making it. the videos are done. But every once in a while, I'd pull out the camera. And so I kind of spliced. I made the last few days off of just kind of little bits and pieces. Um, yeah, things went bad. So um, what went bad? Um, I had a broken spoke and I'm heavy and I'm not. I really it's still a mystery. I'm having a new back wheel built. But uh, the, the, that back wheel has broken four spokes. And everyone says after three, it's a rebuild or a new wheel. And I'm hoping this new wheel will be strong enough. I don't know if I had too much weight on the bike. But yeah, I kept getting pinch flats. And I was in, I, I really don't understand it. And I, we never, I brought it to Eric's bike and board in um, Overland Park after breaking down in Osiris, Kansas on day three. I broke down. I was in a field. I had three flats that day. So I ran out of inner tubes. Um, it was raining. It was miserable. Um, I was actually kind of looking for a place to use the restroom at the time and some farmers pulled up and I was on their property and it had signs everywhere that said private property. And I figured they were coming to yell at me, tell me to leave or do something. Um, but they were really nice. And the old farmer just said, he just said, as happens, man, what do you need? <laughs> and uh, so he uh, gave me his phone number and said, hey, if you can't find a way out of here, give us a call. And so before they even left the property, I just waved him down. I said, guys, I can't get myself out of here. And they said, all right, let me go get my other son. The other son comes up with a flatbed and, hey, throw your bike on here. Where do you want to go? He helped me kind of think about where I was trying to go. I was trying to get to um, Pleasant Hill. And he's like, well, the closest place around here is probably Overland Park with a bike shop. So he drove me 21 miles just for nothing. I mean, offered him money. This guy was amazing. This family is amazing. The Guterman brother family farms, like they are the best. It was, that was that, you know, that's trail magic there. Those guys that made the trip right there. I was, I mean, I was ready to give up. And uh, I even talked to the guy while he was driving me. I was like, I really don't think I'm going to make it. I'm looking at Facebook and seeing pictures of floods in Pleasant Hill. The trail has been washed out. 
the, the Missouri River's flooding and it's always under flash flood warning. My bike's falling apart. And I look at this guy and I'm like, I don't think I'm gonna make it. And he just gave me this look that like, really? <laughs> His face just, yeah, he gave me this look that just stuck in my head forever. And uh, that night I actually went, to, he dropped me off at a hotel um, and I stayed in a hotel. Um, I walked my bike over, my wheel over and got the spoke fixed and got another inner tube. And, uh, he, and that look just stuck in my head, but I called my stepdad and the trail conditions were really bad. He, and this was the third day in bikes falling apart. The trails flooded, washed out their sections closed. And I, um, I decided to give up and I called my stepdad and, I, and, um, he all along, he'd offered to come pick me up. He just retired. So he loves his free time. And he, he offered to pick me up at any moment along the trail, any place, which is awesome. And he was getting ready to come get me, um, the next day. And the next day, um, I called him, I was woke up like shaking, you know, cause I'd planned for a year. I've been planning forever. I've been doing all this preparation. I'm going to, and I felt like I had to quit and I hate it. I hated it. I woke up like shaking the next day, like with anxiety and I couldn't quit. And so I called him and he goes, Hey, I'm getting ready to head out and moving some things around in the truck, you know? And, uh, and I was like, uh, don't do that. Stay home. <laughs> He's like, okay, whatever you want, man. And so I just started riding. I rode from there i went to uh from overland park i rode highways like highway 150 it was insane anywhere google told me to go i followed that day just trying to get to um pleasant hill and get on the uh, rock island spur i even had another broken spoke you don't see in the video so it was, it was five or six flat tires i really am not sure I, my mind went into survival mode on day three really i was in the with the river flooding my mom was always calling me like telling me that there's flash flood warnings um you know, I was looking at Facebook and I, I literally people waste deep water in Pleasant Hill. I wasn't a lot of it. I'd barely remember. It's pretty crazy. So it sounds like your experience was challenging, but you overcame it. So yeah. and you said that, you know, the farmer is the person that came and helped you and, and kind of uh, motivated you to continue going on. Um, who else helped you along on your journey? Because when you do something like this, you're always going to need the assistance of somebody at some point. Um, are there other people along your journey that um, stick out in your mind or made a huge impact on you completing your mission? Oh yeah, definitely. My wife, number one for putting up with all this. And it, it really wasn't cheap to do initially, especially since I had to buy a bike and panniers and everything. So my wife was very tolerant and awesome. Um, my brother-in-law loaned me the GoPro. Another bro brother-in-law loaned me the um, Jet Boil, which was helped me cook. There was a guy online, Tony Caruso. He runs like a shuttle on the Katy Trail. And, and when the trail started flooding, all the older people and uh, people with more money than I imagine or more time on their hands were canceling their trips. And for me, this was like my one week. I didn't have another week. I couldn't come back another time, you know. So... Uh, everyone was like, Oh, I'm not doing it. You can't ride the trail from here to here. It's flooded, blah, blah. You can't do this. And Tony was kind of online just going like, Hey man, you can still do it. You can still do it. If you really need, I own a shuttle, you can still make it. And so Tony encouraged me. I don't even know the guy, but he's awesome. Um, yeah. And then my family in Missouri, my mom and my stepdad were very encouraging and everyone along the way, like with the weight loss, even my principal, like she would put candy bars in everyone's boxes and leave one out of my, I mean, just all along the way, people helped. It's really, it really gives you faith in people and, uh, you know, humanity doing these kind of rides. Like, you know, everyone has information. The lady in Windsor, I got a Crossroads Motel. 
it's a little little motel, nice and cheap. And this lady brought me food. Uh, the manager, she stayed up late to let me in my room. Um, great people every step of the way. So the people in the bike shops, like Cyclex in Columbia, I was sitting outside the store when they showed up, and I was like, "Hey, I'm on this trip," and they would hear your story, and they would want to help you right away. You know, because when you try to get a bike repair right now, like people they'll tell you two weeks or something right now, a month or something. But these guys would take my bike in immediately, fix my spoke, get me out on the road as fast. And, you know, have good conversations while they're repairing my bike. I mean, it was just great. It was an amazing experience. It's, it's really all I think. I'm already thinking about the next thing. So the cycling community certainly is full of, um, you know, very passionate and um, giving people. Um, yeah. And they're always willing to help, you know, another cyclist that's a need so i'm so glad that you found these people on your journey and you were able to complete it so tell us about the last day of your trip and um any emotions that you were feeling or also tell us how it felt when you actually completed your journey yeah well the day before the last day i went from windsor to columbia and and columbia um oh on my last day i so i was in columbia and the trail was like closed and washed out for a big section so I rode from Columbia to Easley, which was crazy on my last day because Missouri is, I'm a Kansas boy. So riding in Missouri is insane. The hills are just nonstop. If you're going downhill, you're still going up a hill first to go down the hill a little further and then up another hill. And it was, it was tough. And I rode along and I was just going toward the river. That was my plan. If I headed toward the river, I knew I was mostly going downhill, which would be better. Um, I also knew that if I'm riding toward the river, I'll eventually run into the Katy somewhere and I'm just riding along and I see this, uh, rail bridge and easily, and I'm like, and there's just a little bit of flood water in between the rail bridge and where I was on the road. And I'm like, is that the Katy? Right. I mean, it's, I just stumbled across it upon. And so I hopped up on the Katy and I was back on the Katy. And in my video, you see me, I'm back on the Katie. I was just so excited because I just randomly stumbled across it again. And, uh, and the, and the trail was pretty good. I rode through some flood waters also that day I had, I was wet, um, every day it rained, except for that last day was the only day where there was no rain every day. It would just like Florida pour on me and then stop. Uh, that last day was dry. It was amazing. The only thing wet were my feet because I had to walk through some water. I mean, it was just the best experience and you're going along and these huge bluffs are on your left and on your right on the Katy and on your right is the river and the river's huge right now because it's flooding and trees are going. I mean, it was just amazing. The nature and the, you don't see people other than a few other cyclists and there weren't very many out. I met a guy who was going across country. Well, I was on that uh, that day. You don't see that in the video, but we had a long conversation. Um, yeah, it was just an amazing day. And then I, then finally I'm riding along and I see my brother. And you, if you watch the videos, you'll see it's my brother and, uh, and his daughter standing there. And I'm, yeah, I made it. It was just crazy. I, I couldn't believe it a day ahead of time too, because I, my mom was literally calling me all the time, telling me you're in a flash flood area. So yeah, I wanted to get off the trail. So I rode hard, finished it up early. It was an amazing day. Uh, met my mom. They drove me. There's a hill to get up to their house. It's huge. So they met me in Rhineland and drove me up the hill. And we get to the top of the hill. And there's my stepdad with, with an American flag. He's crazy. Um, to lead me in a little procession back to their house. And I mean, it was just great. And then uh, 
Yeah. A day early. Um, the only thing that would have been better is my family was supposed to meet me on the next day, to, but I was a day ahead of time. So they weren't there to meet me when I got there, but they came up the next day. And then we celebrated the 4th of July and my, at my mom's place. I mean, it was just, it was a great ending to this huge journey. Um, and then my family took me back home after our little vacation out there. So it was really, I mean, it couldn't have gone any better. I, even if I, I'm glad things went bad really because uh it made it interesting um if it were just a normal bike tour and it was nice and comfortable i don't think i would have felt as good finishing uh now i feel like i can do anything you know i feel like i can do not anything but i feel more confident in uh my next journey if things go wrong i don't have to quit and uh yeah so what are your future plans because you said that you have them you got back and it wasn't done <laughs> kind of just ignited your passion for this even more. So what do you got planned uh, for the future? Yes, uh, next year. And I want, man, this is really a huge thing I would love to do or as a com biking community, I would love people to come together and figure this out. But the next time I want to ride from like, if Harrington is open, the Flint Hills Trail, I'm not sure if Harrington to Council Grove will be finished or if it is finished. I don't know. I don't know the what's going on there, but I, if I can, I'll start in Harrington. If I can't, I'll start in Council Grove and ride to Osawatomie again because that trail is amazing. I've always been obsessed with the Flint Hills. And you are in the middle of the Flint Hills once you leave Council Grove. I mean, you it is beautiful. Limestone homes, crazy. Yeah, and then so go to Osawatomie. And then I want to connect Osawatomie to Clinton at the head of the um, Katy next year. So I would, there's and there are no like really well-established safe routes and that I can find in between Osawatomie and Clinton. And I've even asked like, you know, the Ottawa bike and trail guys, and they would go out and talk to their friends and they said, well, maybe Google maps, you know, and I've used Google maps and that, that can lead you on some one lane roads or, you know, with uh, 50 mile per hour speed limits. And it's not really the safest feeling. So I would love to establish a strong route between Osawatomie and Clinton so that we could make this ride. And I know someday all the trails will be connected. They're talking about that. Um, but that's going to be maybe 20 years down the line. And, uh, so in the meantime, it would be really cool. So I want to establish that route between Osawatomie and Clinton. And that's kind of been my hobby lately is getting online and looking up routes and looking at the, um, satellite footage or photos and trying to figure out a safer connection with less, um, highway, because I really hate the highways. I would rather go slow, um, on gravel than be on those highways. So yeah, I want to go all the way from Harrington, hopefully, if not Council Grove, to Mockins using the Katy and the Flint Hills Trail. That's the next one. Um, and then, I mean, even in my crazy brain, I kind of think about riding from Wichita and then um, connecting up to the trail somehow, but I'm not sure that will happen this time. Maybe next time. But And if anyone wants to go with me next summer, let me know. <laughs> Council Grove to Mockins. It's a pretty good, fun journey. I don't, I don't have to do it alone. I, I would do it with other people, but it's hard to find people who have the same schedule and the and who are crazy enough. And it's hard to find people to do it with, but yeah, it would be great to um, have someone to go with me and to ride that whole Harrington to Mockins or a group of people. That'd be awesome. Well, and then you're certainly talking to the right audience. Good. Reach out to me, people. Quest. So it's possible we may have some listeners and uh, that would be willing and interested in joining you. 
Um, yes. So I would just want to say thank you, first of all, today for joining us on the Bike Walk Wichita podcast and sharing your story with us. We love your passion for biking. Your story is amazing. We fully support you and your journey and the work that you're doing with your students. And we'd certainly love to have you back again to share your future journeys with us. Um, if people want to follow your excursions and biking or want to reach out to you, uh, how do they do that? Where do they go? I'm just Lyndon Moore on YouTube. I didn't, yeah, I didn't really come up with a cool channel name. I didn't really intend to, to make a biking channel, but it just kind of happened. And then um, Facebook, Lyndon Moore. That's really it. I'm old. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, give me like and subscribe, guys. Now, I, it would be cool to get 100. Then I can get a custom URL. Our next, the next, I'm making more informational videos now, with local rides with maps. And that's kind of what I want to do next time I do the big ride is give maps and uh, talk about places to stay and make it a little more informational next time. So excellent. We love that because we yeah. love to share. Um, um, so check them out on Facebook and on YouTube. That's it for this segment of the podcast. Thank you to our guest, Lyndon Moore. If you have an interesting story to share about your own walking or biking excursion, send me an email at april at bikewalkwichita.org. We'd love to hear it. Thank you. For the month of November, we would like to shine the volunteer spotlight on Diana Edmondson. Diana has been actively involved with BWW for many years, teaching classes from sewing your own panniers to dehydrating food for your next adventure. In addition, Diana is almost always present at our events, making them extra special for attendees. She adds interest and laughter to our Women Bike ICT activities and Facebook group. Outside of Bike Walk, Diana remains active in the community, always advocating for improvements, attending neighborhood meetings, rescuing animals, and serving on the city's transit advisory board. Diana proves that leadership is not a position, but an activity, and one that she accomplishes so well. Thank you, Diana, for all that you do within BWW and our city. We truly appreciate you. Well, it looks like our time is up. Thank you for tuning in and we hope to see you out around town at some of our upcoming events. If you are interested in taking action, connecting us with your neighborhood or have an idea, please let us know. We're getting ready to ramp up our 2022 Members Plus efforts to get as many people as possible supporting Bike Walk Wichita with a paid membership through our Members Plus program. Members Plus help fund the BWW mission throughout the year, and we simply can't do this work without that support. Consider joining today. Memberships start at just $25, or you can choose a monthly donation. Check out our website, bikewalkwichita.org, for more information and to sign up. We'd love to have you join. Absolutely. And thank you to all of you who have joined this year to help really help us ramp up our efforts. We have big plans for 2022. And if you know of a local business that could benefit from our hyper-local marketing, contact us and we can share our 2022 sponsorship package that includes a customized promotion plan for the year. That wraps up our show. Extra thanks to April, Lyndon, and to all of our awesome volunteers and staff who make the magic happen. We'll see you out and around town.